Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse, and we have the most special guest ever. Special, beautiful, wonderful guest. It's Pope Francis in the house. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. We've talked about Dear Francis a lot on the show, knowing yes. that he'll never be on an episode again. And no, put it back on. Keep it on. Knowing he'll Hold never on. listen to it. <laughs> welcome back to town, yeah. man. Thank you. I'm Probably really it's happy been to like be here. two years. It's been Always. two years. Yeah. yeah a, just over a year and a half. Yeah. Two wow. years, pushing two years, so it's really nice to be here. Yeah. I'm um, really proud of what you guys have been doing, um, following you on the Instagrams and um, seeing the the, the space um, transform itself and, you know, other people are talking about your coffee and it's it's really nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So you, um, just for a little background for the, for the listeners, you used to roast... Francis was the forest. first person that I ever yeah. let use the roaster, let alone train, but um, use the roaster. Yeah. Well, long-time listeners might remember, I'm sure we've... But you've probably been on the show before. Um, a few times. You did the Intrigue You're, episode. With yeah. the oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, the, the Coffee Crush. <clears throat> You're not still doing the writing I in that not, regard? No. I've okay, then I won't do a shout-out. I write music reviews for international record labels and DJs now. Oh, that's wow. pretty awesome. Craft House Selections. K-R-A-F-T-H-A-U-S. That's that's a very classic European name yes, for is. anything having to do with <clears throat> techno as, music. It's as German techno as you can yeah. get. <laughs> is that like an offshoot of, like, of the old Soul Seduction that used to be out of Munich, I think, or Frankfurt? It might be. It's kind of a, a free-form project that I started with my brother-in-law. Oh, you started it? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. oh. He, he so and you I, picked the German yes, name. Yes, yes. Well, craft as in uh, strong is right. the German word for strong and house as in house music. I thought it was so stark. Strong house. So that's Starkhuza. Starkhuza. So wait, this is your own, <laughs> your own like publication. <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, I see. Yeah, you. exactly. I see that you. is yeah. how Dutch so sounds. Whenever, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell the Dutch that. <laughs> whenever the the music comes out on a Friday, uh-huh. more or less, we listen to as much as we possibly can, and then we spotlight the best tracks that speak to us, more or less. And then I write a very short tight review of the track awesome and uh it's a lot so, of fun yeah we'll talk about this later i don't yeah. need to spread this they, they had the soul seduction it was a vinyl selling okay website and so they had their store but they had reviews that came out about all the new albums and so mm-hmm. you'd sit there and be like that's exactly what i want i need and to then, check that out yeah it, they stopped doing it mm-hmm. yeah i think they went under okay but it was cool, but then you could buy the tracks, digital tracks, and then you could buy the vinyl and stuff. But they're that's out of it. Europe, so I couldn't buy. It was expensive to buy. Yeah, of course. Physical things, but uh, that's it. so we have a link to uh, iTunes Music. Awesome to buy the tracks. Then. Nice. So, yeah. so after like, roasting here so for a bit, coffee. you got gobbled up by Starbucks, and they flew you away to Milan. Yeah. Well, I started... first Kent. He went. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, beautiful Kent, Washington. That's right. Um, Let's so not I, forget I, Kent. Let's not forget that chapter. Yeah, right. Let's just focus oh on God. that part of your life for a little while. Let's just fly to Milan. Let's forget <laughs> Kent. So I, I actually I started in coffee with Starbucks in 2004 as a right. barista yeah, at right. Ben Royal Hall. And it was, I didn't know anything about coffee at the time. I thought coffee came in a styrofoam cup and, you know, powdered creamer and all that. And they really opened my eyes to the possibility of single origin coffee and um with the that was the beginning of the reserve line at that time it was called the black apron project and yep. oh, interesting. i had uh, an aged sumatra that was the only the first coffee that i had that didn't need cream and sugar so mm. that for me just opened up the door and i wanted to know more about yep. it and I never looked back from then um, i became a school teacher though and i taught in england and ireland but decided I didn't want to do that job anymore and I wanted to go back to coffee. So 
I came back to Seattle uh, in 2012 and um, got a job at the first Starbucks in Pike Place Market. I worked there for several years, but really wanted to learn more in coffee. I wanted to continue down the rabbit hole, and that's when I met Jesse. I came to many of the cuppings and just kept showing up and started washing Asking dishes and questions. <laughs> and, uh, I said, uh, you know, you guys were talking about opening a cafe at the time, and so why <laughs> one of like, one of those conversations yeah, I know, right? yeah. <laughs> I said uh, convinced you to teach me how to roast coffee if you know it gave you more time to talk about opening a cafe so um, <laughs> that's basically how I got in here yeah yeah do you look back on that I mean I have my own answer to this do you look yeah. back on that and think about like how awesome you were that you were able to do that. I mean, for me, like it's just it's roasting is such a mental thing, much more than I mean, it's physical too. But it's mm -hmm. like it's a weird job. It's a mm -hmm. weird manufacturing job because it's especially on our little roaster. It's there's no formula, there's no jig to just make mm -hmm. sure you do the same thing every time, like mm -hmm. other manufacturing, you know. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be on, and it's like it's not for everybody, right? And so that's part of that testing is like, is this for you? I exactly. don't know if you like this. And we have a lot of people that are like, no. Right. Or I'm like, you they know, I'm can't, not going to hire them. Right, exactly. They don't have an attention span. Exactly. So for production, production roasting is different, yeah. you know, than profiling coffee or something like that. And um, at the time, you do, you were doing the profiling, and I was doing the production roasting. But it was something so new to me that it satisfied my curiosity and led me to ask more questions about it. And the more people that you brought in here, conduit coffee company being a conduit of information and and sharing for the whole community and networking you're an expert at that you always had people in here sharing new things about the industry and i gravitated towards every single conversation that we had about it so i i thank you for bringing me that world and sharing that world with me and as far as the job of being a production roaster it was i i think for me, I, I want to know that I, I'm doing my job well, you know, and um, to follow the profiles, you know, one after another after another and just nail it like I'm shooting free throws or something. It was kind of immediate feedback and immediate gratification for me <laughs> to go home at the end of the day knowing I did a good job. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's kind of like a uh, almost like because you do a lot of of working out mm -hmm. you'll notice in the photo on our uh <laughs> my skin is green and francis is fit yes francis smash <laughs> margo smash mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but i never it never occurred to me till just now that that, that there is sort of like the, the pring of in that yeah in the fitness sort of world of getting a pr and that instant gratification it does feel good when everything's on track and just lining up and it's really fun now with our collaborative roasting where it's like jill asked when i'm going to be done it's like i'll be done at like 9 10 and it's <laughs> yeah. you know, 9 12 she's stepping in and it's yeah. like it's perfect just clockwork yep it's it's silly also but it's it's still still coffee yeah can you share with us a bit about milan just like in general and italy and coffee and culture yeah. and all that kind of thing right so yeah i was uh, asked to come back to Starbucks as a roaster since I had roasting experience mm -hmm. when they were opening the reserve roastery in Milan. I'm an Italian citizen, so it was kind of a win-win for both of us. Um, and I had never lived in Italy. Um, I'd only been there as a tourist uh, to Rome and Florence. So I didn't really know what to expect as far as being um, you know, a citizen of the country and working and living there. Um, at first, it was like a vacation 
You know, it was, I got there in the summer. It was hot. It was beautiful. <laughs> the, the fashion models were walking around everywhere. It, the food was amazing. And then the work started. So I had to find a balance. It's not a bicycle friendly town. Number, no. Number one. If Keith is listening, I'd say hi to your brother there. <laughs> well, what, what about yeah. what about the rest of Italy? Uh, okay. So that being said, though, <laughs> I, you know what, though? I really like Milan. I yeah. like the architecture. I like the, the feel of the city. Um, I like traveling around on the subway. I like the parks. I like the museums. Um, you can see the Alps um, mm. from my apartment. You know, it's it has a very Italian but city feel. Mm. And it's very unique compared to the rest of Italy. The rest of Italy, I absolutely adore. Bologna is one of my favorite cities. Um, Florence, absolutely lovely. Venice is a completely different world. Um, and I even went over to Trieste, which is the it's more or less the coffee capital of, of Italy. It's where Italy is from in Trieste. They have a coffee college there, um, and all their SEA classes are held in, in Trieste. Um, Italy, the countryside, everything is just lush. It's beautiful. The food is amazing. It's everything you think it is, mm. you know. Um, but living and working in a big city in Italy is a different story. That makes sense. That's cool. And you were doing, you were at the reserve, yes. Starbucks reserve. Yes. I think I asked you this off air, but, you know, you ever get any milkshakes thrown at you or anything for working at Starbucks? <laughs> in the beginning, it was a little... Um, um, it was a little precarious in the beginning. The Italians were... I think in general, they're just very curious people, regardless of what you're selling. If it's coffee, cars, or clothes, you know, if you have a premium product, they want to know what you're doing. They're very curious. So they wanted to come in and try the coffee and compare it to their own mm -hmm. uh, espresso. Yeah. Um, Not a lot of Starbucks in Italy. No, this was the very first Starbucks in the whole country. Right. Yeah. So they wanted to know why we were there. And it was kind of a... Which is you know, amazing. A, a unique opportunity for us to share the, the founding of Starbucks and the story of how Starbucks became uh, what it is known as today. But really, the idea for Starbucks came from Milan. Mm -hmm. And when Howard Schultz went there on a business trip and was inspired by the espresso and cafe culture, um, at the time he was a marketing director for Starbucks and they were only a wholesale coffee company. They didn't want to get into the restaurant business. Right. They didn't want to have any cafes, but he tried to encourage them to do that mm -hmm. because of what Milan was doing with espresso. Also the, the home of the espresso machine right. in Milan uh, around the 1900s. So, um, you know, coffee is something that's very that's close to their cool heart, history. and they didn't want us competing with that. Yeah. And for the longest time, Italy said no because they didn't want Starbucks in the country as a fast food product, right. kind of diluting their culture. So we made a premium brand, a premium product, and invited them to come see it here in, in Seattle at the Reserve Roastery here. And we built another one in Shanghai and invited the Italians to come look at it. And they said, if you build one of these, you can come into Milan. Right. You can have one. You can have one. <laughs> it's still the only Starbucks, right? No. So there's like five or six now in Milan. Mm, okay. Like a new one. More can, regular ones? Yes. And like, these are traditional cafes. They're not Reserve Espresso bars. But the roastery in Milan, uh, the Reserve Roastery roasts uh, the reserve coffee for all of Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Holy so cow. the reserve line is growing, um, <laughs> but we also roast um, some blonde espresso, which is a lighter roasted single origin. 
for the traditional cafes around uh, Europe, Middle East, and Africa as well. So it's a it's a production house, um, although it's has a Willy Wonka coffee factory feel to it. It's it's a lot of fun. I do love there, that about the reserve roasteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a be- it's a beautiful space to work. Yeah, they built that in what like an old bank or something. It was finished in 1901. The ah. building in Piazza Corduzio, right in the absolute bullseye center of Milan. Right across the Duomo, right? Yeah, it's just down the street. It's one block away from the Duomo, um, between the Duomo and the Castello, the castle on a pedestrianized uh, section of the town. The building was originally the stock exchange, and then it was a field hospital during World War I. Um, Ernest Hemingway, when he was uh, laid up uh, with a wound during the World War I, um, was in the hospital directly behind us. So he may or may not have been walking through (laughs) this space because it was the field hospital at the time yeah it was pretty Um, wild and then it was the um central post office for milan Hmm. both the post office and the uh stock exchange moved just about a block away so they're both nearby as well but sometimes in in the beginning the little old grannies would come in and they would say what did you do to my post office (laughs) you know it's like yeah sorry i'm the italian all in italian cute little grandmother voice yes the adorable yeah that's a that's a remarkable privilege to be like a part of that level of history i'm really honored um to have worked at the the first starbucks in the world in pike place market but also the first starbucks in italy so Mm -hmm. yeah very unique opportunity for me did you get much chance to explore the traditional coffee culture around Italy? Yes. So the traditional coffee culture uses a blend. It's usually an 80-20 blend of Robusta and Arabica. They pull a shot in 15 seconds or so. Sometimes it's... Um, <laughs> trying to be diplomatic here. Um, it's going to be bitter, right? So yeah. they add sugar. Uh, quite a bit of sugar to their coffee. Every shot gets at least one packet of sugar um, mm-hmm. for a single espresso. Um, they normally pull a single shot, not a double. Um, if you ask for an Americano, they think it's blasphemous to put water in coffee, so they give you the water on the side. Oh, they won't add it yeah. themselves, but it's right. up to you. Whatever you want to do, here's the water on the side. <laughs> if you um, want to taint your coffee, yeah. that's just your yeah. choice. <laughs> right. Just taint this Robusta with some water. Um, so I also noticed, though, with the traditional cafes, they're not all the same. So some of them use Illy, some use Lavazza, mm. um, but some of them roast their own coffee. Oh, that's and cool. And those ones were, yep. they were a step above. Yeah. And they still used a, an 80-20 blend. My favorite uh, traditional cafe in Milan is called Pave, and they're a bakery, make amazing baked, baked mm. goods there, really flaky pastries. Um, <sighs> Uh, I like the one with cinnamon and raisins and it's a spiral <laughs> thing. Oh my God. They, they sell out right away. Oh, the center of those. Yes. So good. Mm. And then their, their espresso was actually delicious. Mm. So I think, it, you know, if you use a high quality Arabica and a decent, if we can say that Robusta and you treat it gently in a roaster, yeah, it's fresh, it's going to and... taste okay. So, um, the, it was, you know, the, it had a, a, a dense, body but it had uh, some fruitiness to it and um really caramely sweet like i didn't i drank that without without sugar yeah so um you know i was honestly surprised mm-hmm. that it was good and it you know if it's drinkable i'll drink it so yeah. um there are a few other specialty coffee places that are popping up in milan now um 
Cafe 124 uh, is excellent. Uh, they're owned by Brent and his wife. They're from, well, she is from Milan. He is from uh, Vancouver. Hmm. Um, there's uh, Orso Nero, which is another place. Hmm. Um, oh, sorry. That is Orso Nero is owned by Brent and his wife. Uh, Cafe 124 is another place that does wine from a local a winery as well as coffee and baked goods um, and another place that used to be called Cafficina, which is now Rationale and um, they're all about competing in espresso competitions and SCA courses and uh, that's it's really good uh, another one is uh, Cafe Zal and they're up in the north of Milan um, and they roast their own coffee as well up in Bergamo it's a little town <laughs> north and uh, their their coffee is exceptional what do the Italians think of the light roast I assume these, some of these places are lighter it's a small crowd you oh. know like most of the most of the uh, Milanese want the single solo uh, dark espresso mm-hmm. that they p- can put sugar in because yep. it's what they know. And sugars is as addictive as everything yes, else. Exactly. Yep. It's, you know, coffee is, it's one of those things that we don't, it's part of our ritual in the morning. We want to have the same thing every day. I mean, even as coffee people, like I can understand not wanting to switch, you know, coffee companies or try something new myself, yep. you know, but, um, and that's a, another conver- hard conversation we have from, trying to get people to try the reserve coffee line right. instead of the traditional espresso that we have at our cafes. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's the same difficult conversation everywhere. Right. Yeah. Try a different coffee. The pattern of consumption is completely different. I think we talked about like the, the, like in the terms of the origins of espresso, uh, especially in terms of Italy, I think we were talking about, I don't know, 50 episodes ago or something <laughs> um, that it was created to, provide a quick and easy energy source for the oh, right. working people yeah like you have your quick break in the day you get your shot filled with sugar caffeine sugar boom back to work yep um Yay, and like what we're doing you know here now enjoying this wonderful this is a nicaragua yeah um very different we're not doing this for our like shot of energy to go through the day we're like this is a delicious thing we well, want right. to sit down and if you want your safely, people to get back right. to work and yeah old factory days you don't have them sit there and pontificate right. over a Chemex and, right. and know, even if that's not the cups exactly. of coffee, you get them a shot of espresso and go. Right. That's why I think I've talked about this a lot on the tours. Espresso is the most overrated way to taste coffee because it's, it's not, it's not, it wasn't up until like a decade ago, maybe five years ago. It's never, but like, even if that's not the, the, the typical like working pattern anymore, you know, it's gotta be baked into the expectation and, and culture to be consuming coffee that way. So it's definitely a hard sell to take people who are, like uh, expecting, anticipating something completely different and be like, no, I'll try this. Right. Yeah. I mean, it might as well be trying to convince them to, to, you know, drink fruit juice instead of coffee or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try this tea. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting process. So, but now you're, you're no longer in Milan. Do you want, do you want to share a little bit about the new journey? Yeah. So, <laughs> We have a factory in Amsterdam that runs 24 hours a day, and it provides Europe, Middle East, and Africa with the core coffees of Starbucks. And they were a man down on one of their shifts, so we were cycling our roasters through there uh, every month just to help out. And when it was my turn, I absolutely fell in love with it. So um, I like the job. I like the city. The pace of life there is a little different. It's, it's my favorite big city. It's so low stress. It's bikes and boats. Neither yeah. one make any noise. So it's very <laughs> cool. You know, no one's yelling. Um, 
uh, the, the they're very <laughs> open-minded people. Um, Dutch are great. And they were like, it's a it's a really <clears throat> They're conservative in all the good ways, like yeah. just like keeping the family core and the values and the ethical treatment mm-hmm. of everybody and mm-hmm. the planet and all that. Mm-hmm. Like they're very conservative that way. And uh, it, it it makes you feel like the city wants you to be there. Mm. Whereas Milan is just a fast paced New York type city and it doesn't really feel welcoming. Yeah. You know, people are there to do business and that's about it, you know. So, um, you know, I want to be in a city where, you know, long term where I feel comfortable and mm. uh, Amsterdam is, you know, I, I think if you don't feel comfortable in Amsterdam, there's nothing wrong with this city. It's you, so, <laughs> you know, I don't ride bikes and I hate boats. <laughs> I don't like bridges either. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's what's not to like about Amsterdam. It's yeah. just a lovely city. And if I can, if I have an opportunity to go there, like I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger immediately and just go. That's so awesome. I'm so jealous. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, Antwerp was my next favorite place that I think I'd move to. I don't know if you've been there yet. yet. Yeah, that was, yeah, please go there for me. Cool. I will for sure. (laughs) Oh, man. Francis, it's so good to see you. Like, it's such a part of our, of our, of our story here to just that growth, that expansion and just the person that you are and what you've done. It's just, it's really, uh, thank you. It's really, it's really fun to see you again. Thank you. And the same for me. You guys have been so influential in my coffee upbringing too, so. Oh. It's definitely mutual. I'm glad you made it across the street safely. Yeah. So you can the, make it back. The most dangerous part of the getting from your journey the <laughs> Seattle is yeah. crossing Westlake. Yeah. That's, that's no joke. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's um, not getting any better these days. No. But yep. Thank you for being on the show. Hopefully yeah. uh, Welcome. we can see you again Thank you. sometime yeah. in the next two years. Absolutely. My pleasure. I can't <laughs> wait to come back. Maybe maybe, maybe we'll go to Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.